just a couple of things before the kids go out today. Um, just a couple of quick things. So we're a little bit lighter on today and I wonder if it's what was reported on the media last night. That, um, you know, the COVID restrictions throughout Queensland of 30 people, gatherings of 30 people. Um, if anything ever changes with what we can do and what we can't do, we will let you know, okay? If you do not hear from us, you can presume that you, we can keep doing whatever we've been doing, amen? Okay? The reality is that um, because we have a COVID safe plan in place and because it's, it's authorised, all that kind of stuff, we can keep doing what we're doing. At the moment, the restrictions are that you just can't invite 30 people around your house and just have a parties and do whatever else. That's what they're talking about, okay? So please bear that in mind. And if anyone else has any problems, you know, or has, is fearful in any way, tell them do not need, you don't need to be. Amen? Yep. The second thing is, the second thing is, yep. No, it's, yeah, no, it's, um, they put, as with all the state governments, what they do is they put restrictions on the whole state rather than just where the, the, the stuff is. Um, anyway, so the, the other thing is um, that we are um, opening the hub this week, amen? So we're going to have a prayer and worship time there on Tuesday night before we open the hub on the Wednesday. So um, we look forward to that, amen? Um. The purple bucket's over there. You know where our, um, so our normal offering boxes are there, left and right. Uh, that's for your normal offerings, your normal um, offerings that you give. The purple buckets are if you want to give anything to the furnishing of the hub. Yep. Uh, we've still got a few bits and pieces that we need to purchase and buy. Um, so we're giving you the opportunity to sow into that. Okay. I had a chat with someone during the week and I just want to clear one thing up. Because sometimes we misconstrue things. We 100% believe in giving. Just because we have boxes and, and we say that it's not under compulsion, it's not actually an excuse not to give. Because the giving is out of love and it's out of honour. It's not out of law. It's out of love and it's out of honour. So if you love what God is doing, if you love God... But if you love what God is doing and you love your family and you honour one another, then the overflow should be that we give. And you should know by now that we use as much as we can, you know, is that we, we, we give to people in need. Yep. We help people. We do things. During that whole COVID period when there was lockdowns, there was, there was care packs and food packs and things going out in different places. So you understand, you know, we, we support missions overseas and stuff. Um, it doesn't just get pocketed and done away with. We, we use it for the glory of God. Amen? Yep. So let's just be mindful of that because we, we had a packed house last Sunday and we had the lowest offering we've ever had in the history of Restoration Centre. So that tells me that, you know, there's a battle, but we have to understand that it's a love and honour thing. It's not... It, you know, it's not a, a lawful, it's not a dutiful thing, it, it's a love and honour thing. And I guess I could put it this way, if I could be a little bit bold, is that if I turned up to Stephen Julie's house every night for dinner and I ate off their table that I never contributed in any way, I'm actually dishonouring. I actually believe that. Honour is that, you know, that I value Stephen Julie and I say to them, well, what can I do to contribute? And it may not be that, you know, that I have finance to be able to do that, but it's like, well, what can I do to help? What can I do to get my hands dirty? What can I do to contribute in some form to the family? We've always taught our kids that. They never got that. Well, we tried, well, we tried to teach them. Any, any uh, parent tried to teach their kids before? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, they never get their allowance until their room's tidy because we want to teach them that they don't just get an allowance because it's for the sake of it. But I think Rose's been a little bit, yeah, anyway, you know what I mean. When you have boys and you have a girl, sometimes the girl gets treated a bit differently, hey, amen? <laughs> yeah, anyway. The other thing, the other little thing that you might notice is we still, we still, we still promote um, people coming and sharing what God has given to them through the microphone. 
But the person who's facilitating or leading the time, like Ash has done today, and hasn't she done a great job with what she shared today? They're actually just holding the microphone, so you go to them and you ask for the microphone and they give it to you. And we, and we do that because a couple of weeks ago we nearly had an incident where someone who is not flowing in the spirit was going to do something. So we thought we need to put a bit of, bit, a little bit of protection on that. Um, so that's why we've done that. But it's, you're still open to get the mic and come and share verses, verses um, scriptures, words, uh, prophetic words, whatever it comes. Amen? Cool. So kids, you're away. We've got... Who's got the young guys today? Jill. Jill is awesome with the kids, hey? She's awesome. Thanks, Jill. And then I think Caden, Caden Brown is up with the, with the other ones. Is that right, Caden? First time. Well done. Go, Caden. That's awesome. That is so good. About... Tammy still needs some volunteers to help in the, in the shop, in the hub. So if you need to, um, if you can avail yourself. It's not, it's a great opportunity now, hey, with some tables and some couches, it's a place to come to. It's a place to minister, you know. So if you're scared of a little iPad where you punch buttons into, you know, take money off people and exchange money, don't worry about that side. If you have a heart to go and chat with people, that's another side as well, isn't it? You know, hands up who likes to chat. There we go. See, we got some opportunity. We got some opportunity. Matt's just holding Tammy's hand up. She likes to chat. It's really good. Hey. Is there, yeah, there's Rod, there'll be coffee there. And tea, juice, whatever else. It's all good. Okay. Wasn't it, thanks Liz for that word today too, hey. Good word. We love the Harrington family. Yeah. And I always, always say this, and because it's true, is that if you need us to stand with you in something, we will stand with you. Because people matter. Stuff is stuff, but people matter to God. If you're going through something, don't go through it alone. We will stand with you. Amen? We will stand with you. That's what we are. Right, I'm going to speak a little bit today about the restoration of the church. Is that okay? Cool. Something the Lord gave me this week. We might get a little bit pointed in here in places. Is that okay? We might get a little bit, you know, iron sharpens iron in a couple of places. Is that okay? Yep. Good. Okay, awesome. You've given me permission, so too bad. That's it. But I don't know about you, but I feel in this time, I feel in this time as the as, you know, God, they, that God is speaking, you know, and God is refining and God is aligning, you know. We can't just keep wandering through life the way, you know, because if the church, say, in Bundaberg was all that it was meant to be in Christ, then the city wouldn't be the way that it is. And I actually believe that the church is the barometer of the nation, that at the moment we have problems with division in the nation, and in fact, at the moment, every state is divided against the other state because they're looking after themselves. You know, and that is bad, but you know what? We can't actually point the finger at them because the church has been divided for too long. So we are the barometer. And we actually have to allow God to have his way in us to see his plans and purposes. Amen? So anyway, I want to speak about the restoration of the church this morning. I want to speak about four or five components of the church and I want to just tie it all in together, hopefully, in the end. Because as I said before in worship, that the Lord is calling His people, the Lord is calling His people out of complacency. He's calling His people out of apathy. He's calling His people out of lukewarmness. He's calling His people out of, you know, um, traditions that we just keep doing for the sake of doing. He's calling us out of that. He's calling us to follow Him. Amen. And the Spirit of God never contradicts the Word of God. The Spirit of God never contradicts the Word of God. Jesus came and made a declaration. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There is no other way, there is no other life, there is no other truth. Amen? And then it says of the Holy Spirit that He is the Spirit of truth. And He will guide you into all truth. 
So the Lord is calling us to be a movement, not a monument. The church is called to be a movement, not a monument. So the first thing I want to share with you, and these are not maybe new things, but the Lord wants to remind us, and I believe He wants to remind us because He wants us to understand it. He wants a revelation. We need revelation. You know what happens when you get revelation? Things change, amen? You you get a revelation about something from Scripture that, you know, you might have read a thousand times over, but all of a sudden you read it and it just leaps off the page and you get a revelation and it's like the light comes on. You know, then what happens? Things change. Yep. When you know that you are loved and accepted and secure in God in spite of what man may say or others may do to you, when you know things change. Because all of a sudden you don't come underneath the opinions of others, but you can stand in who God says you are. We need revelation. So the first revelation is the fact that the first aspect of the church is that the church is the bride of Christ. You've heard it. You read it. Revelation 19, it says, for example, Hallelujah! Because our Lord God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad. Glad? Who's glad? Oh, only a couple of us. Come on. Rejoice. Rejoice. And give Him glory. Because the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. She's given fine linen. To wear, bright and pure, for the fine white linen represents the righteous acts of the saints. The church is the bride of Christ. That is an aspect of the church. See, you see, because what happens all the time is when someone has a passion in a certain area, they teach about a certain passion. And it can become out of balance because you're just looking at one aspect. We have to look at the whole aspect of the church, not just one aspect. If we only talk about the bride of Christ, we actually miss the other aspects of what the church is. Does that make sense? So we're going to just go through uh, four or five of them today. So the church is the bride of Christ. What does the bride of Christ speak about? It speaks about relationship. It speaks about intimacy. We know from the church in Ephesus, in Revelation 2, That, you know, they were doing all the right things, but the Lord doesn't look at the outward things. He looks at the heart. You can be busy serving God. You can be busy doing all kinds of things for God, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're walking with God. We have to strip it away. We have to come back to the heart of worship, where it's about Jesus. And we worship Him, and we come into that place of intimacy. We come into that place of relationship because out of that place, life truly does flow. Amen? The church is the bride of Christ. You know, it says in John 17 verse 3, this is eternal life, that we know Him. We know Him. Not know about Him, but we know Him. The life of God is, is manifested in and through us, through that relationship, that we know Him. Our lives are actually changed when we know Him. I spoke about this in the marriage covenant before, between a, between a husband and wife. When you're in that place, and you're in that place of first love, you don't intentionally want to do anything that would hurt them. Do we say things sometimes that we don't mean unintentionally? Yes. But we don't intentionally. When you're in that place, you don't intentionally go around intentionally hurting your spouse. And it's the same way. Because the new covenant is, you know, the new covenant is that I will will put my spirit in you. And I'll give you a new heart and a new flesh. And I will move you to follow my ways. I will move you. He has written his law in our hearts by the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. Have you ever done something some, some, sometime, you know, where you've done something and you go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And you had to go and apologize to somebody. The Spirit of God is at work in you. The Spirit of God is at work in you. In your speech, in your actions, in your thoughts, He is changing you from glory to glory into the image of Christ. How cool is that? But it's from a place of relationship. Remember in Matthew 7, 
where they say, you know, many will come to me on that day. Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we provide, do miracles in your name? And he says, I never knew you. And the Greek for, for knowing, for that knowing, is this, this intimate relationship, knowledge. It's not about what you can do for God. It's not about, you know, it comes from the rightful place. It comes from a relationship with Christ. I was always, my mentor 20-something years ago said to me, Tim, he said, true ministry comes out of intimacy. Never forget that. True ministry comes out of intimacy. I think we all need to be reminded about that at times. And this love in the relationship between you and, and Jesus that's made possible, that the love that is manifesting then flows out into the body. How do you love others if you don't know that you're loved? But when you know that you are loved, the love of God starts to well up inside of you and you want to fellowship with people. That's where I always have an issue when people go, oh, I love God, but I just hate the church. Mm. I want to fellowship with people, whether it's in whatever setting, <laughs> round my family table, down at the cafe, in groups, in different environments. I want a fellowship. Remember, these days, when we gather in this way, is about being edified and equipped and encouraged. But we're called to live with Jesus seven days a week, aren't we? We're called to, to, to reach others for Jesus. We like, you know, we're called seven days a week, and that's part of the problem that's happened. The church has boxed in certain things rather than it is a life of worship. Jesus said, after all, by the love you have for one another, the world will know that you are my disciples. That is not just locked in here either. By the love that you have for one another, your brothers and sisters in Christ, whatever household that they're a part of, by this love, Bundaberg will know that you are my disciples. Amen? So the church is the bride of Christ. The second thing is that the church is the people of God. Do we realize that we are the people of God? Oh, just checking. It says in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says, But you, and it's a plural, it's not you singular, it's a you plural, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people for his possession, that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. How cool is that? We are God's people. We belong to Him. We are His possession. Amen? You've heard the saying before, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are in the world. We've, we've been born again. Born again from above. We've got to get a revelation of what that actually means. Because I'm not of the world anymore. I'm an alien. I'm passing through. The world has no hold on me. Therefore, I do not partner with the world. I don't walk as the world does. I walk because I'm a child of God. I'm not going to act the way that the world acts. This is where it gets a bit, ooh. Because there is... Lots of trains of theology in the church. And I'm not saying that I am the most, I'm not saying that I haven't got stuff to learn. But so often, there's this pendulum. You've heard me talk about it before. Where someone says, this is the truth. And then someone says, no, 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 this is the truth. And you look at the, the two things and you go, hang on a minute, it's just and. It's and. Why do we have to get caught up in this either or thing? We are sons of God, for example, yeah? We are sons of God, yet we are becoming sons. And what I mean by that is we are being changed from glory to glory. We are learning to live in the sonship that has been provided for us. Am I a son? Yes, I am a son. But am I, am I living in the full authority and inheritance that, I, that the Father has for me right now? No, I'm not. So we, so we talk about sanctification. That's a big word, isn't it? Anyone ever heard sanctification before? 
the word. So we have this positional sanctification, that we are sanctified. Amen? It says in Hebrews 10, for example, By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. I am sanctified once and for all. Jesus has done it once and for all. It is done. I am sanctified. That is my position of who I am in Him now. There's other verses. But if I keep going today, we're going to be here for a long time. But there's also... I really didn't know what word to put in the front of it because I'm not really good with words sometimes, whether it's progressive or whether it's practical. Sanctification. Where we are being changed, where we are growing in the grace and where we're being changed from glory to glory. I am not the person that I was a few years ago. Praise God. And I'm sure, and I'm surely hoping, and my family probably hopes, that in another five years' time, I'm not the person that I am today. I'm being real. Anyone else want to be real with me? We grow in the maturity. We leave behind childish ways. But you know, sometimes we revert to them. Has anyone ever reverted to childish ways before? Mm. Sometimes it happens on the soccer field, doesn't it? Oh, okay, you don't play soccer. It says this in uh, 1 Peter, it says, Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct, for it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. There is an outworking of the Spirit of God in our life that changes us into the image of Christ. That's why Paul said to the church in Rome, he said, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world anymore, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will attest and like you attest and prove and know the will of God. That's why it's really important to get into the Word. Let the Word wash over you. Whoa. Let the word wash over you. Let the word wash over you. Let the word wash over you. Bring it to life. Bring it to life. We read in 1 Thessalonians. I've got to turn there for a minute. 1 Thessalonians 4. Oh, I thought I had a bookmark for everything today, but I obviously don't. Paul says this to the church. He says, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God as you are doing, do so even more. It goes on to say, for this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honour, not with the lustful passions of the flesh like the Gentiles do. It goes on to say in verse 7, for God has not called us to impurity but to live in holiness. You know his grace is sufficient for you? You know, the grace of God is not just unmerited favour. The grace of God is His empowering presence to overcome. It's His empowering presence to live. That's why we say by grace. It's not us. It's, it's, it's not me trying to, to, to do more. It's not me trying to be a better person. No, no, no. It is a receiving, but it is a partnering with God. And I live it. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. That's good news. That is good news. So we are the people of God. So why am I talking about sanctification? Why am I talking about these things? Because we are called to be set apart and to live differently. We're not called to live as the world lives. We're called to live for God and to be salt and His light and to shine and be living testimonies for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The church is the family of God. If we took the time to read the book of Acts, which we haven't got 
Well, we could be, well, well, we could stay here all day if you want. Trish says, yep. Any advances on yep? Just someone give me a coffee, okay? You will see in the book of Acts that the church, when the Spirit of God was, was poured out, and the church in that sense was born that day, people from different places, different tribes, different languages, male and female, slave and free, when they were born again, they became the family. We are God's children, so therefore we are brothers and sisters together in Christ. And when if, we, if you take time to read the book of Acts, like we've, we've spoken about different aspects before, you can't just come to a church meeting and then go home and live your life. It doesn't work that way. When people are struggling, you want to stand with them. When people are needing help, you want to help them. That's what I read in the book of Acts. Amen? People actually sold. They actually sold possessions and goods and they gave to the people that were in need. How radical is that? That is, that is radical. Nowadays, the world tells you, which, which we know because we're trying to get our finance for this house right now, you know, you've got to have so much super. You know, you've got to have so much of this and you've got to have so much of that and all this stuff. Can I share something with you, just a, just a little thing? I actually believe with where things are going that the God is in the midst of the restoration of the church, that God is going to restore it to what it actually should be. And I actually believe as a part of that, that if we get to this place of no jab, no pay, it's okay because we've got one another in Christ. The early church didn't need the government. The early church had everything that they needed together. But everyone has to contribute for that to happen. You know that the state of the play in the world is they, they reckon the average giving of a Christian is between 2 to 3%. That's the average giving of a Christian is between 2 to 3%. What if that was lifted? What if the people that are not giving start to give a little bit? Or what if the people that are just giving 2 or 3 start to give a little bit more? How much more is there? We actually do not need... I, actually, I believe before God, I stand before Him today, and I believe we actually don't need the government in that context if the church was living the way that we should live and we were generous and we and we would value and we would help one another and maybe we might have to go there again i remember guy had a word a few weeks ago sorry guy i'm going to put you in the thing here he was in prayer we were in prayer down the bank of the river and he got this word and the word was that that um <laughs> it was passing through my head right then that agriculture will be the new currency in Bundaberg. And I went, he went, what does that even mean? And I said, I have no idea. And then apparently he was talking to someone, was it Gaylene or I don't know, was, did, didn't someone at a glow have something similar? Someone told me, who was telling me? Zelda told me that at a glow someone had a similar word. And we're thinking, hang on a minute, what does that even mean? I don't know, I'm not going to read anything into that. But what I'm trying to say is that we are family, and family stick together. But we all need to contribute in some form. Paul said, warn those who are idle. Warn those who are idle. Everyone has to contribute in some way. Even our kids had to contribute by cleaning up their room, or taking out the rubbish, or cleaning up the dog poo, or whatever it was. Our kids would contribute to the household, even when they were little, even though they didn't want to at times. We are the family. The scriptures, you read, you read Paul's letters to the church and you read you, 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 and the, the vast majority of the yous are plural. But we've made them singular. Oh, it's about me. That doesn't mean you can't personalize a scripture and encourage yourself in that. But it means that God is speaking to his body. He is speaking to his people as a whole. Amen. God has called a people to himself. And I desire to see a people where his love and his presence and his glory is manifesting. I am encouraged because lives are being changed. I am encouraged because lives are being changed. I don't want to pinpoint anyone, so sorry. Come and see me if I upset you later. 
Liz is not the same person she was 12 months ago. Matt and Tammy were not the same people that they were when they first came to Restoration Centre. There are people that are being changed. Lives, lives are being changed. God is at work. How cool is that? We're not just a club, we're not just a meeting place, but God is at work and God is changing lives. Who feels that they're a different person over the past 12 months, two years, three years, in some form, in an aspect of your life? God is working. Look amongst you. God is working. We are the people of God as part of His family, but it's not confined to Restoration Center. It is His church in the city. It is His church in the region. What we desire to see here, we want to see in the whole city, don't we? Amen? Come on. The final one is that, the, well, not the final one, there's probably more. Well, there is more. The church is the army of God. You ever seen that picture of the, the bride, like a bride, like a, a, the bride of Christ, like dressed in a fine white linen, but they're with, with warrior shields and stuff and, and uh, army boots on? You ever seen that? You know, this is, this is why we've got to look at the different aspects of what is the church, the restoration of the church, because we're also the army of God. The church is the army of God, and we've got to understand that, and particularly more than ever, we've got to understand that now. We are not the tail. We are the head. Paul talks to Timothy, and he says, be a good soldier. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 12, that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay a hold of it. This is not for the weak-hearted. This is for the passionate. You know, I know at times, at times, men can struggle in worship because worship can be a little bit, you know, like intimate. And sometimes men have a struggle problem with, struggle with sharing their feelings. Some people are nodding their heads. But you know, but we're also the army. We're also the army. We're the army of God. It's like, come on, come on, men. Where are the men? Where are the men? Nothing... Oh, no, that's not, that's not true. One of the things that grieves me is I walk in to a prayer meeting or I walk into stuff and I go, where are the men? Where are the men? Where are the mighty men? That's not putting down women. I'm just saying, where are the men? You go into some churches and it's like 75% women. You go, where are the men? We are called to see strongholds broken. We are not merely here to exist in Bundaberg. We are called here. We are purposed here by God to make a difference in this region. Amen? We are called to see strongholds broken, principalities brought down, and the harvest brought in. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail. They will not prevail. We are a people on the offensive, pushing back the gates. Do we see ourselves? Sometimes, you know, we go through stuff and we just kind of go that way. But do we ever see ourselves as, you know what, we can actually stand and we can actually take ground. We are actually called to take ground. Amen? You know, we read in Scripture other things like that the church is the body of Christ. Yep? The body of Christ. We are to carry on His ministry. We are His body. And we're called to carry on His ministry. That's why there's different ministries. That's why there's different functions. That's why there's different things happening. Because not one of us can be all things to all people. We are His body together. In the city, and the region that is. There's so much to the church. It's not a building. It's not bricks and mortar. It's not a program. It's us and our brothers and sisters in this region. It's us. Amen? And we are the bride. We are his people. We are a family. We are an army. We are his body. And God wants to see this restored. Each one of these aspects restored. So I want to encourage you today in these times that we are living in, that we've got to keep pressing in and we've got to keep moving on. God has clearly led us into this place of opening this thing in the city, in the city centre. Not just to sell a few books and just to exist, because we are right in the heart of the city between the Grand Hotel and the Masonics. I'm just saying, 
Just saying. What a great opportunity to reach out. We have to keep moving on. I was so encouraged by a, a guy that I met from, Cambo, um, from Cambodia who moved to Cambodia with his parents to plant a church with not one disciple, with not one believer, with not one. Now there's 300 churches in that area. And the two things he said to me, which was like, oh, that kind of like convicts me a little bit. He said, we never let the lack of people or the lack of finances or resources dictate to us. If God says do it, that's what we do. And trust God for the people and the finances to come. That's what we do now, I think. We need the fivefold ministry. We, we've been talking about it lately. We need the fivefold ministry. We need the fivefold ministry operating in the church, in the city, and the region. Why? Because we need to raise up people who are mature in every aspect. And no one person can do that. We need to raise up people who know who they are, who know who their God is. We need to raise up people that know they are fully loved and secure and accepted. We need to raise up people who are mature, not, not just in their character, but in their understanding, who can open the Word of God and can teach others and disciple others because the best way that we're going to see Bundaberg saved is if we all go one-to-one -one with someone else. If there's 3,000 Believers or 4,000 believers in this city and region, you know what, if we all go one-to-one, -one, next year there'll be eight. We all go one-to-one -one again, there'll be 16. We all go one-to-one -one again, there'll be 32. You know, in, in uh, five years' time, half of Bundaberg will be saved. That is the quickest way to expand the kingdom of God, one-to-one. -one. So you need maturity to, and understanding. You go, you know what, I actually do have something to offer. Maybe you need to say that over yourself today. You have something to offer in Christ. You have something to give because of what Christ has done for you. You have. When the enemy says, I'm done, uh-uh, I sing your praises. When the walls come crashing down, uh-uh, I sing your praises. When the darkness, until the darkness turns to dawn, I sing your praises. I actually really believe, can I say this as I close, musicians, you want to come up? I really believe that we are in a key period. We are in a key, 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 key period. We have the potential to be in a period that will change this city and this region. It will never be the same again. Why do I say that? Because, well, when I've been... I guess I'll say that because I've been sitting with God and this is what I've been hearing. You know what? We can't go anywhere. Well, you can go up the road. You can't go to New South Wales at the moment. You can't go to Northern Territory. You can't go overseas. You cannot go. We are here in this region, amen? And what, and what, and what happened before the Spirit of God was poured out? They were meeting together in the upper room and they were praying. And they were praying. They took every advantage. They didn't just go wander through life and go, gee, I wonder when Jesus is going to fulfill his promise. They go, no, Jesus, we need you. We need you. We need you. We, we need the promise of the Holy Spirit. We need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We won't leave this place until there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they intentionally sacrificed themselves and they met together and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and the Spirit of God was poured out and it was never the same again. And the principle was that you will be my people in Jerusalem. This is our Jerusalem. Amen. And from Jerusalem, we go to Judea. We go to Queensland. We go to Samaria. We go to Australia. And we go to the ends of the earth. But God wants to birth something here. So are we just going to waste the next, sorry, I'm getting a bit passionate right now. Are we just going to waste the next three or four months and we're just going to wander through life watching Netflix and watching everything else? Or are we going to go, you know what, let's start getting together. Let's start praying like we've never prayed before. Let's start being intentional about meeting together. Let's start getting into it because we need an outpouring of the Spirit of God because the only way this nation is ever going to change is if Jesus comes. Oh. The hub will be open. We'll get information out. It will be open often for people to just come and worship and pray. 
and any fellowship, and people from any fellowship in the city is welcome. Spread the word. Because it's not about Restoration Center. It is about the kingdom of God. In fact, I think if we start getting people from other fellowships starting to worship and pray together, watch out. We're going to hold some training things. We're going to hold some workshops. We're not just taking that space for a bookshop. We're going to take ownership of that space and we're going to use it as best as we can in the next 12 months and we're going to see what God's going to do. We cannot waste this moment in time. So what will you give up? What will you give up? Salvation is free because Jesus paid the price. But there is a cost to discipleship. There is a cost. That's why not everyone follows Jesus. Because there's a cost. Do we just see... I had some other stuff, but I'm just going to leave it. We'll just leave that for another day. Oh. Do we see like Elijah a cloud on the horizon? Do we see a cloud on the horizon, a cloud that brings hope. A cloud that brings hope. In this time where there's so much hopelessness, do we see the cloud that brings hope? That is the promise of God. That is the Word of God. God fulfills what He, or finishes what He starts, and He fulfills what He said. So today, we worship We worship. And if you want to respond to God afresh today, if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus, I'll tell you what, today is a great day to know the joy of salvation, the release that He brings. He is the way maker. He is the bondage breaker. He is the one. Amen. But if, it's, but if today is a today in saying, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that call, and I'm going to give of myself in these next, next few months towards the end of the year. I just want to press in. I want to declutter my life. Yeah, I've got work. Yeah, I've got family. I've got some things. But there's some other things that I know I can get rid of to press in. God is partnering, wanting us to partner with Him to call that cloud in. So let's worship. If you need to come down the front to respond and you need prayer today, you need breakthrough today, guess what? We're here together, aren't we? Amen? So let's worship. Come on, let's stand and worship. You can come down here. You can go down the back. You know, there's freedom. You know, I think sometimes the kids run around in this place because they feel the freedom in the spirit. And You know, because people come in and they feel freedom. We've got to learn to live in the freedom. Amen? Live in the freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Come on. Let's worship today. Let's worship today. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Hear the word roaring as thunder. With a new future oh. Stand in the promises of God for your life. Stand in His promises today. Stand in His word today over your life. Stand in His word today over your life. To the skies, heaven. Yes. Jesus. Now we receive the Spirit of God. We receive your reign. Oh, yes, we do, Lord, have your way. We receive your reign. 
saying before in terms of that the enemy tries to come in and speak speak lies to you a feeling you know that the enemy comes in and speaks lies and he, and he tries to sow discouragement believing that the promise will not come if you're here today and you've had prophetic word that's been confirmed and confirmed because everything is established by two or three witnesses if God is speaking to you in something that is not yet fulfilled, let's reach out to God. We break off every lie of the enemy in Jesus' name. We break off every delay in the name of Jesus. We want to step into that today. A fresh faith and fresh hope would arise in our hearts because we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Amen. So we step into that today and we sing this verse with great anticipation. Oh. With great anticipation, yes, we await Come on. the promise to come. Yes, everything that you have spoken will come to pass. Let it be done. Yeah, we receive your rain. Lord, we believe every prophetic word that's been spoken over this region will come to pass. Oh, we receive Lord, that Bundaberg will truly become Abundanceburg, a place known by your Spirit, oh God. Oh, we receive Your lives and families will be changed once and for all by the power of God. We receive Your glory. That your glory would dwell in this land. That your glory would dwell in this land. Like a flood, yes. Like a flood, we receive your love when you come. Like a flood, like a flood, yeah. We receive your love when you come. Like a flood, like a flood. This is the day of the saints. This is the day of the church. This is the day of the bride of Christ. This is the day of the body of Christ, the family of God, the army of God. This is the day. And each one of you is a part of it. Amen. Each one of you is gifted. Every one of you is graced. Every one of you is anointed. Every one of you carries something that Bundaberg needs. Every single one of us, not in separation to each other, but together. And as the body of Christ in this city, we all carry something that Bundaberg needs. And we need to take the gospel to the four ends of this region. 
When I say Bundaberg, I'm saying the whole region. 1770 to the Parham River, from the coastlands to Mount Perry Goldfields. This whole region, it's about the region. It includes Jinjin and Childers, it includes these regions. It's about the region. Every single one of you has something to give because God has put it in you. So we say today, we will not partner with fear anymore. Fear has no part. Not just fear of circumstances, but fear of man. Fear of the unknown. Fear has no part. The Lord has given us love, power, and a sound mind. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus, we bless you, Lord. We worship you today. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name, Jesus. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name, Jesus. For you're the God of the breakthrough. Yes. You're the God of the impossible. Yes, you're the one to whom nothing is too hard. We believe in you. We believe in you, Jesus. We are the way maker. Oh, and you're the promise keeper. You are Jesus. You're the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings the head of the body of Christ. We believe in you today. We believe in you today, Jesus. Oh, we receive your reign. Thank you, Lord. We receive If you need prayer today, there's plenty of people here who can pray for you. If you need encouragement, rub shoulders with someone and encourage one another in the Lord. Amen. Yep. Plenty of people who can pray. Plenty of people who can pray. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Remember, if you can help with the hub, see Tammy. For those that said they can help tomorrow or Tuesday, please come and see me. That would be great. Would appreciate your help and your strength. There's some stuff to take from here today too in a couple of cars or something. Go and find someone. Pray together. Encourage one another. Build one another up in the most holy faith. <laughs> Build one another up in Christ. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Love you, Jesus.